0: So, thank you for your time. And so, hi, I'm Sonia Jean Killebrew, and I will have a conversation today with a cousin for my oral history project, Black America in COVID. I started this podcast during Black History Month of 2022 because I wanted to provide a platform for Black Americans to share their stories about living or working or going to school during the COVID-19 pandemic. I also wanted to provide a space for people to memorialize someone who was a Black American who sadly lost their life to COVID-19 or passed away during the pandemic. I was inspired by the work of anthropologist and author Zora Neale Hurston to record the experiences of black Americans in their own voices. My goal is to get my recordings into museums such as the Smithsonian Museum of African-American history and culture. And I'll share a little bit about me, my family. My dad was African-American and indigenous American. He grew up in Philadelphia and his ancestors came from Georgia where they were slaves. My mom is Jamaican-American. She's a retired New York City teacher. My grandmother was a Jamaican teacher for 20 years. And then she moved to New York, where she was, again, another teacher for 20 years, again, an art teacher. And my great-grandmother in Jamaica, she was half Irish woman, half Black. And she was a teacher up until she got married in the late 1800s. And then she had to stop working because it was not considered respectable for a married woman to work in the 1800s. And I always think it's ironic because my mother started working as a teacher after she got married, like in the 19, I think in the 1990s or 80s,
1: Okay, she
0: started teaching. So without further ado, I'm really excited to speak with my cousin. Please tell us your name and where you're from.
1: I am um, Vanessa Norwood Clark and originally um, I um, am from Washington DC and I currently reside in um, Raleigh, North Carolina and really not Raleigh but Garner. It's right on the um, outskirts, it's like a suburb of Raleigh. And do
0: you identify as Black American
1: or Jamaican American? 100% Jamaican American. A hundred percent Jamaican-American.
0: <laughs> I love it. And what was it like for you living and working in North Carolina in 2020 and 2021?
1: Um, it was interesting. Um, COVID really shook things up. I, I can remember um, distinctly um, when... We recognized that COVID was a major issue. Um, it was a major issue well before I realized it. I I remember I was actually in Richmond, Virginia, and um, I was just I had just driven up for a sorority conference, and the sorority conference was canceled, you know, prematurely, and um, didn't get our money back. We had to, you know, go back home. And at that point, um, that same weekend, we were notified by the school that we had to shift gears and go remote. So that was interesting because um, I work at a Montessori school. So the whole premise behind Montessori is that everything is hands-on. And so we were not only presented with the dilemma of COVID and not really being able to um, go back to school and teach our kids, but also with the dilemma of um, returning their items. So it was right um, in Mar- around that March time. And um, we, we knew that we could not have the kids come back in school. So we had to clean out 30 lockers Um, And each kid received a bag and, you know, it was interesting to kind of see that halfway point or even more so um, where the kids had started school and all their personal items and just to have to take everything and, you know, put it in a bag. Um, So that that was interesting. So that was one thing that even after they told us that we were no longer gonna be in person, we did have to come back to the school to do. Um, but just kind of going back to the whole thing of shifting from, you know, hands-on learning in the classroom, and then the expectation of teaching Montessori online, um, that, was, that was very, very difficult. And I think every morning um, that I had to get up, I said, Vanessa, this is your new normal. And you need a job, so you have to figure it out and you will figure it out. And I took it each day and at a time, and I would um, have to learn these different platforms. So where we're talking on Zoom, that was something that I never had to do. And so it wasn't just enough to just have Zoom. Then they wanted us to do Google Meets, Google Classroom, and then Seesaw. And I I just remember thinking to myself, give us one platform at a time, just one, you know, let me master one thing. And so that was just a dynamic paradigm shift for, for us. And it, again, it wasn't just I want you to teach the kids online. It's I want you to teach them online, but I also want you to create lessons that are interactive and hands on for them. I want you to find where we use materials. I want you to find digital materials that they can still manipulate online. So that was that was hard. That was a a big shift. And for I guess for the whole time up into the following year that I was still teaching online, I questioned whether I was able to make that shift as a teacher.
0: That's fascinating. because I, When I was getting my master's degree, we studied briefly in Montessori. And as you say, it's all hands-on learning. So what kind of lessons, I'm just curious about like one lesson you taught to, and they were three years old? Or... No,
1: I actually my class I have four fifth and sixth graders. Oh, and yes, I have um what what we call nine to twelve, and um what one lesson that I uh, and we they really encouraged us to find digital materials, and then we even had to create materials to send home with the kids. So one lesson um that I remember having to teach and I did it online was what we call the um checkerboard and the checkerboard is used for multiplication and they had an online um, checkerboard and the funniest thing it was you know when we have that material in the class it's something that takes a long one problem could take about six minutes to set up and then probably for them if it's like a two-digit multiplier, it could probably take another three minutes for the kids to actually do. So doing that online, they did have a digital um, checkerboard and that was something that we used for teaching multiplication. Um, Another one was um, a fraction material um, that was online and it was um, kind of like where the kids could actually manipulate and move it um, on the computer. Um, another one we um, had, and most of these that I'm telling you are math materials Were stamp games. Um, with history, we did a whole lot of timelines, but again, um, it was, we were encouraged because it is a Montessori school to be able to have something that they could manipulate.
0: Wow. I just want to commend you, and I might start crying because I get emotional at the, the challenging that teachers face in learning digital platforms, because as you said, Google Meet was new, Zoom was new, Seesaw, so and not only did you have to learn a new platform, you had to learn how to engage students in this new platform, which is, you know, that is hard work, because your job literally changed overnight. So I just want to commend you and honor that. The challenge. Thank you. Yeah. Um, let's see. And now in 2022, um, well, I don't know if the pandemic has ended yet, but at, over the, these two years, I wanted to know if you sadly lost anyone and if you'd like to share a story about them.
1: I've, I've actually lost um, a few people, um, but one that I can um, definitely share a story about um, was my cousin. David Blaygrove, and um, he was a nurse in New York, and it was not too long from this time. It was in uh, right in at the beginning of April, and um, he he was sick, and then Robert, you know, um, called my sister and said, you know, David is sick. You know, he's not wanting to go to the hospital. And he actually, you know, was working with COVID. It was early on um, when COVID had just, you know was really hitting New York and he um, was working with COVID patients and he saw um, what happened to these COVID patients. And so he just figured that if he entered the hospital he would not return. And his birthday was a few days um either before or after and i i had it was before, and I had wished him happy birthday and um when he went in, you know we were just praying, we were praying, and um in the end he he didn't make it, he didn't make it, and um I remember just kind of um you know how we have our texts, and you look at them, and I was just kind of looking at the very last text, you know, that I sent him. And it was just surreal to even think, you know, just a few days ago, you know, we were talking and, and now he's, he's not here. And the thing that, um, and especially early on, the thing with COVID was that you couldn't go to the hospital. There, there was this, this sense of helplessness. A sense of helplessness that um was very, very hard.
0: I'm so sorry. Was that early
1: 2020? It was um gosh, yes. It was. It was at the very towards the beginning of COVID. Yeah. And it's interesting when we think about time. We every time someone says, Oh, we've been in COVID for two years, it's almost like it's been a standstill, like you can't remember from, you know, 2020 to 2022, what happened, and there, and there was so much loss in that time, you know, I, um, not only did I lose my cousin, um, but I lost my um, mother-in-law, and we couldn't go to the hospital, I, um, it was, it was very, it was a different time, very, very different, a lot of loss during that time,
0: Wow, I'm so sorry. So you lost your mother-in-law, and then
1: mm-hmm. were there other people you knew? There, oh my gosh, it, it, it's interesting. I had written down people, and as I talk, um, I have a stepmother-in-law. I've actually lost two mother-in-laws within that time period. I remember my um sister, um, had covid and during this time i was talking to one of my sorority sisters and i was telling her that my sister was sick with covid again we're praying that she's able to come out nobody wants to come you know and help if someone has covid and she told me oh her father you know was in the hospital and then the next minute you know i was telling her that my sister was better and then she told me that her her father had passed And it was weird because they, my sister and her father were sick at the same time. And so you're thinking that, you know, thank God, you know, that my sister was okay and that she made it. But then on the other hand, you're thinking about the same conversations that you had, um, that I just had with my sorority sister and just thinking, oh, but I thought her father would have made it. So it was, it was, it was a lot. so a, a lot of a lot of death during that time. I'm
0: sorry to hear that. Yeah, I remember I helped my mom set up Zoom on her computer to attend the funerals on Zoom. So, what do they hold funerals on Zoom? Or?
1: Some of them, like um, for Aunt Alden, I know that um, some family members. Um, were in Jamaica when Aunt Alden passed, and they definitely held for her for um David no I don't remember that that it was in fact just getting him buried. I remember was difficult um, one that was um fairly recent we had a um chef he always catered for different events and um he had just catered an event for us um December nineteenth um, 2021. And um, about three weeks later, they said that he um, had died of COVID. And so that was, you know, the, just just how quickly um, COVID struck. And, you know, you, you didn't know whether people were going to make it or not.
0: I remember even in as late as 2021 in August, one of my mom's childhood friends, her husband passed from COVID. This was the summer of 2021, it was devastating. Wow. Is there anything else that you'd like to share about the your experience during the pandemic?
1: I will say, you know, we were just talking about the tragedy behind um, COVID, but there, were quite a few things that were positive. I talked about the shift um, from teaching um, because I knew I had no other choice um, but to get a little bit more technologically savvy. Um, That was more of what I did. Um, At a time my son was in school, he had to come home. My husband was working from home all three of us had to figure it out in the house. However, that brought us a lot closer as a family um, because we had no other choice but to, you know, work together. Um, Some other things, that level of appreciation, I think that all of us um, have grown up a little bit more in terms of gratitude and recognizing what's important because of the loss that we've seen within the past two years. So those were um, some really good things that has come out of um, COVID. And even just thinking about now we um, here in North Carolina, um, the mask mandate is over. And so the kids have an option to wear a mask or not, but it's interesting, even um, some of the students are not for masks because I wear mine every day. My students still, all of my students are wearing them. But I'm sure, you know, as I become a little bit more comfortable, the tone that I set in the classroom will allow them to feel a little bit more comfortable about removing their masks. And that was interesting because I thought the day that they, what was it, March 7th? I thought they would just take the mask off, but the kids weren't even there yet. So we'll see.
0: Wow it's interesting we're all experiencing the, such parallel experiences working in person some people are still wearing masks some people are not and just trying to get comfortable with this new normal as you said. Mm-hmm. Thank, yeah. you. I thank you for your time and I hope that as we talk about people who we knew who passed, that their memories will live on in in this museum archive.
1: Sonia, thank you very much.
0: Thank you. Oh, I'm honored. I'm just trying not to cry. I get really emotional, but- No,
1: when you reflect on it, it is. It is, I mean, even as I'm telling you and I'm just thinking about how many people um have been affected it is it's heavy it can be very heavy
0: it is like when you mentioned on alda i think my mom went to go to the funeral it was in jamaica Mm -hmm. then they restricted the number of people who could attend in person so my mother ended up not going because she wouldn't have been allowed to to attend
1: yeah yeah
0: a lot to process and, and, and we're all just working we're, yeah, you know
1: so. very much so
0: well thank you thank you Vanessa so much all right. you for your time I'll send you a link and I don't know how many interviews I'll need to get no, to get into Smithsonian but I will definitely hold some sort of commemoration once our, our voices are in the museum so okay
1: Thank you. All right.
0: Well, have a good Sunday. Thank you. Yes. And
1: continue as you do um, the interview, because I did have an opportunity to listen to the one you sent me. And it was, that one was powerful too. Can you share? Because just hearing other people's stories, very, very interesting.
0: Oh, I, you know, I stopped sharing social media. I just shared two and I thought, okay, is this too much? But I'll keep sharing. I didn't, yeah, okay, I will.
1: Mm-hmm. I will. It was in, very interesting.
0: Thank you. Oh, thank you for that encouragement. I, I will do that. Wow. Yeah.
1: All right, ladies. You take care.
0: Take care. Bye. Vanessa. Bye. Well, thank you. My name is Sonia. Jean Killigrew and this is my oral history project, Black America and COVID.